into the word of the Lord, uh, turning your attention to Galatians chapter 1, Galatians chapter 1, and uh, I thank God for what he did this morning. Amen. God moved among his people today, and we're thankful for that. Galatians chapter 1, and uh, we're going to begin at the sixth verse. Um, we're going to just read a few verses of scripture here. The scripture says, I marvel. I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that you have received, let him be accursed. That's some strong language. But we're going to preach tonight on, for a few moments on the subject, no other gospel. We lift our voices unto the Lord and ask his blessing upon the remainder of tonight's service. Lord, I thank you for any and every opportunity to open up the word of life and to share the whole counsel of God. I pray tonight that you would bless this time we have together. Cause us, I pray, to sit in a heavenly place with you. Help us, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name to receive greater understanding of your great name and power. We love you, we honor you, and we magnify the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. And amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. It is important as the church that we take time to teach and to preach the doctrines of the Word of God. Uh, the, the Scripture is given by inspiration of God. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And so we look to the Scriptures to understand the things of God. And uh, we embrace God by faith in his name and in his power and he confirms his word with signs following but it is incumbent incumbent upon us to take time and to share the word of the Lord and to teach the gospel of Jesus Christ you've heard me say before that anytime we teach or preach we are teaching or preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ Somebody said teaching is telling and preaching is yelling, and uh, maybe so, uh, but the reason that there's a, a difference is because a preaching is a declaration of the gospel, and teaching is a, a breakdown of the gospel, an expounding upon the gospel, and a help to us to understand how to apply the gospel, to understand the gospel. Now, we do know that our minds are limited and so we are living with this finite ability to understand things. So when we talk of the divine, 
we receive it by revelation. And it is confirmed in the word of the Lord, and then it is confirmed in life experience. Uh, when you begin to apply the things you have received by revelation, you find out they work. They're not conjecture. They're not something that was, sounded like a good idea, but they actually work. The reason they work is because God, who created all things and put all things into existence and then tells you how to interact accordingly, uh, it, it works because he knows what is best for you and what is best for me. And so we must understand that we, we have to take time and, and expound upon the word of God to expound the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we must realize that we are not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Uh, why are we not ashamed of the gospel of Christ? Because it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. And so we understand that that is why the gospel works. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. And it is to everyone that believes. And so, so we, we, we hold to the gospel of Jesus Christ. There is only one gospel. There are not many gospels. There's only one gospel. And some like to get a hold of that one gospel. Paul said, he said, beware because there are some that would trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. He said, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. Then he said, which is not another. But there would be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. See, every heresy and every false doctrine tries to somehow pervert the gospel of Jesus Christ. Some go as far in their perversion as even to denounce Jesus Christ. But they're still trying somehow to lay claim to the, to the objectives and the realities associated with the gospel of Jesus Christ. See, when communism talks about utopia, they're trying to lay claim to the place that God has prepared for us and when when some talk about a nirvana they're trying to lay claim to the heaven that Jesus has prepared for you and I his people but you can't get to a place of heavenly abode without the gospel of Jesus Christ I can hear the words of the Lord in saying I am the way and I am the truth and I am the life no man cometh unto the Father but by me. In one place he said, I am the door to the sheepfold. He said, if one tries to climb up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. You must come by the way of the door. And there are a lot of people trying to get into nirvana or utopia or some kind of other description for a place of perfect peace. And they're trying to do it without Jesus Christ. You can't get there without Jesus Christ. It's not another gospel. It is a perversion of the gospel of Christ. All heresy is a perversion of the gospel of Christ. Even Lucifer's heresy and his rebellion was based on the idea that you, you don't have to go God's way. You can have 
what God wants you to have without going God's way. It's a lie. And uh, it's a perversion of the gospel of Christ. And, and so we need to understand that there is only one gospel. And, and the gospel doesn't work unless the gospel is preached as is. Don't tamper with it. Don't try to manipulate it. Don't try to get it to fit what you think it should be. Don't change Scripture to match your beliefs. Change your beliefs to match Scripture. The gospel of Jesus Christ is pure. It is true. It is holy. It is powerful. The power of God unto salvation. You don't get the power of God unto salvation in any other way than through the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I want to just, I want to take a moment and, and maybe refresh our thinking, remind us of the gospel, and I want to deliver it maybe to somebody who's never heard it before. The first thing that, that I want to say tonight about the gospel of Jesus Christ, before we can say anything else, we have to say this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. That's, that's the very foundation of everything. In the beginning, God. Oh, hallelujah. In the beginning, God. That's Genesis 1.1. But, but, but then you understand that not only in the beginning, God, but you understand that God is the beginning. And He is the ending. He is the Alpha and He is the Omega. That means He's the A and He's the Z. He is all things. He is above all things and through all and in you all. You hear what I'm telling you? In the beginning, God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. He does not share His glory with another. There is none beside Him. He doesn't need somebody beside Him. He is God, and he is God all by himself. Now, there have been kings and potentates and governors and leaders who we look at and we can see glimpses of authority and leadership, but God is above all of that. He does not rule like they rule. He does not lead like they lead. He is superior to all of that. His ways are above our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts. Oh, hallelujah. And there is, His ways are past finding out. Glory to God. And so it is that, that, that we know God is one. He is self-sufficient, self-sustaining. Hear that, know that, learn that, understand that, believe that. He is self-sustaining. He does not need a creator to create him. He does not need a scientist to discover him. He is self-sustaining. He is almighty God. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I feel something when I begin to praise him. I feel it in my spirit when I begin to magnify him. There's a witness in the Holy Ghost that's in me when I begin to magnify God. 
It's in you too. That's why you're clapping your hands. That's not a memorized reaction. You feel something when the Lord is magnified. Your your, your spirit feels something. And not only that, your conscience feels something. There's something down deep on the inside, even of your natural man, that testifies to the fact that God has created you. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to his name. And so we trust him. He is the sovereign God. He does not need somebody to go to a ballot box and vote him in. He is already God. He doesn't need somebody to set a limit on his terms. Nobody can set a limit on his terms. There is no lame duck session with God. He is God all by himself. He doesn't need somebody to sanction his directives to make them work. He is God all by himself. He, he, there is nobody that can veto his decree. He is God all by himself. When he said, I am the great I am, that's, that's the revelation of the name Yahweh. He was letting Moses know, I simply am. I don't, I don't need a noun to, to explain my existence. I just simply am. And Pharaoh better recognize that my amness, don't Google that word, you may not find it, but I feel it. My amness is enough hallelujah my self-sufficiency is enough glory to god to bring my people out of bondage oh hallelujah i better move on i better move on you know you don't want to know why preaching is yelling i told somebody i told i actually told you all last sunday morning that that when i first started preaching i was so stage fright that I didn't, uh, I'd never think, thought I could preach, but, but I, I didn't mind worshiping. I broke through a barrier in worship, and I love to praise God in the dance and to wave my arms and shout unto God for the victory. And so I had a free flow of worship, but I just could not translate it into preaching. And so I'd get up to preach, and I would, folks, it was bad. I would, I would cower down. I would get quiet. I'd go through five pages of notes in five minutes. And it took me five months to put them together. You explain that. I don't know. And I was just terribly afraid to stand before people and declare the word of God. Until one day I realized that, that the anointing I was feeling in preaching was the same anointing I felt in worship. And that all I had to do was worship the message. All I had to do was worship God to the people. And, and that... That is how I preach. That's how I've preached now for years. Is I, don't, I don't even know that I preach as much as I praise God in front of people. And I worship Him. And so, so sometimes I get a little carried away with that. So you, you have to pardon the yelling and the screaming and the hollering and the stomping. I'm just praising God. I'm just worshiping His holy name. <laughs> Hallelujah. I've gone through more suits than, than you can imagine because it's just something when you, you begin to think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he has done for you. And something down deep on the inside begins to cry out, hallelujah, hallelujah. There's something down deep on the inside that begins to say, thank you, Jesus, for saving me from a devil's hell. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me from a devil's pit. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, I praise you. I worship you. Hey, let's don't ever get away from that. Let's don't get ever get away from the soul cry of bless the Lord, oh my soul.
and all that is within me. That's the first tenet of the gospel. Our God is one and he is holy and he is mighty. He is righteous and there is none like unto him and there is, there is none before him and there is none above him and there is none beside him. He has no superior and he has no equal. Hallelujah. And that leads us to the next thing we understand about the gospel and that is this. We are unworthy. We are sinners. Plain and simple. We cannot we cannot stand in his presence. And don't ever forget that. Don't ever, ever forget that you and I cannot stand in the presence of God. And that is why when his presence comes into this place and we can feel the undeniable presence of the Lord, our hearts should be filled with thanksgiving because we take it for granted and it's become so commonplace, we could take it or leave it. And we're checking the time on when Skyline is going to close. Hey, it's not Skyline time. It's Holy Ghost time. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. And you, you got you to let the Lord have his way and understand how grateful you ought to be that he even allows you to stand in his presence, that he even allows you to walk into his, into his throne room. God, forgive me for every time I have taken it for granted, every time that I've been distracted, every time that I've been critical of one of your children while you're moving on me how dare I feel that way Lord thank you for bringing me into your presence thank you Jesus for all you have done for me you and I need to realize that we are not worthy to be in the presence of the Lord we are sinners I don't I don't care I don't care if you got your Sunday go to meet and clothes on you and I are sinners outside the grace of God outside the blood of Jesus we are sinners the only reason we can call ourselves a saint is because he sanctified us hallelujah the only reason we can call ourselves blood washed is because he washed us with his blood the only reason that we can call ourselves redeemed is because he redeemed us it's nothing we have done it's a him and he's worthy we're not worthy he's worthy oh god don't ever let that don't ever let that escape you don't let that escape you when you hear of something somebody's done that they shouldn't have done don't you look down at their nose at you there go you and i but by the grace of god there go you and I, but by the grace, don't you, don't you, don't you cast judgment and cast stones and cast condemnation. Be humbly grateful that God has kept you. Because we are not worthy to stand in his presence. He is one and he is holy and we are undone without him. And every message you hear on repentance, you should give God praise for it. Don't sit back and think, well, the preacher's being too hard. Do you know how hard the preacher could be? If it weren't for the grace of God. If you heard a message that didn't have the grace of God in it, you've never heard a message that didn't have the grace of God in it. 
There, there, there's never been a mess. I mean, I, you take the harshest, most difficult, most complex, most, most angry message that you've ever heard preached. And because you live in a dispensation called grace, there was some kind of grace mixed in there somewhere. Even the fact that you're sitting there breathing is evidence that the grace of God is somewhere in this mix. You've never heard a message that, that, that was with completely without the grace of God and so we are unworthy to stand in his presence that is the first thing you need to understand we can't get to heaven without Jesus we can't be sanctified without Jesus we can't be holy without Jesus we can't live forever without Jesus everything we have is because of Jesus thirdly I want us to understand and remember that God has a plan for salvation God has a plan for salvation. And before he created anything, the Bible says that the lamb was slain from the foundation of the world. So in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God proceeded to, to demonstrate one of the most, the most powerful uh, uh, demonstrations of, of glory that, that the world had ever known and understood. It, it, it's, it is amazing. The creation of God is simply amazing. And we breathe his air in and, and still don't take the time to praise him. This is why the Bible said, let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. Because even the breath you are breathing, the, the, the fact that there is an atmosphere compatible to your lungs is a miracle. I mean, do you understand there's not a planet outside of this one that can, that can be said about it? That, that there's an atmosphere compatible to your lungs. If you've got breath, you better be praising God. He has a plan for salvation. And before he created anything, he had a plan for a lamb to redeem man. Oh, hallelujah. I said God had a plan that a lamb would redeem man. Before he said, let there be light, he had a plan that a lamb would redeem man. Before he caused the, the flowers to blossom and the trees to grow, before he called the sun, the moon, and the stars to begin to shine, before, before he created man out of the dust of the ground, before he filled the seas with, the, with the fishes, and, and before he filled the lands with the four-footed beasts, he had a lamb for man, and God has a plan of salvation, and it is a most majestic plan. He encoded it in creation. You can look around creation and see the life, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Everywhere you look, whether it's day turning to night and turning into morning again, or whether it's seasons changing from summer to fall to winter to spring, it is the life, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And because you couldn't hear the voice of God, God put it all around you to where even with your natural eyes you could look upon the demonstration and the illustration of his gospel message so that when a preacher did get up before you and declare the gospel of Jesus Christ it made sense to you because you had lived it you had experienced it in nature your own body experiences it your body right now is experiencing the life of Jesus Christ 
But in a couple of hours, that body's going to begin to wax and wane and grow weary. And you're going to yawn and rub your eyes and go into bed. And you're going to descend into a, a type of death to this body. The day will die and your body will give in to it. And you will lay in a buried subconscious state upon that bed. But then your eyes will come open again and you'll wake up from that bed and you'll put your feet on the floor and you'll resurrect into a new day with new mercies. God put it in your very natural body. The life, the death, the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, he's got a plan. And I want you to know something, ladies and gentlemen. His plan did not put him outside of the equation. Don't let anybody tell you that God picked some extra person to go do his bidding for him or to do his dirty work for him. I want you to know that God himself, hallelujah, came down into the form of man. I want you to know that when I preach Jesus Christ to you, I preach one who was fully God and one who was fully man. When I preach to you Jesus Christ. I preach to you one uh, uh, that, that came from the virgin womb of Mary. It was a miracle conception. The Holy Ghost overshadowed Mary. I said the Holy Ghost overshadowed Mary and that which was conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost and he was made of a woman. Made under the law. He came into this world. Hallelujah to save sinners of whom I am chief. You hear what I'm telling you? God was manifest in the flesh of man and God was justified in the spirit. God, hallelujah, was seen of angels and was preached unto the Gentiles and was believed on in the world and was received up into glory. Not a second person, but God himself. Not Jehovah Jr., but God himself. Come on, we're going to preach the real gospel of Jesus Christ. It's important that you know that it was God in Christ that reconciled the world unto himself. Lest the devil try to deceive you into thinking that somehow God didn't have a plan. And that God was not committed or invested in that plan. No, no. That was God, ladies and gentlemen. That was God who is both father and son. God himself he is the everlasting father and he is the prince of peace all at the same time he is the king of kings and the prince of peace oh I wish I could preach it like I feel it God in Christ reconciling the world unto himself Jesus said I and my father are one Jesus said he that hath seen me hath seen the Father. How sayest thou then? Show us the Father. Hallelujah. Paul said, in Jesus dwells all the fullness of the Godhead. All the fullness of the Godhead.
Godhead all, not just a little bit, not a little here and a little there, but all the fullness of the Godhead dwells in him bodily. That means every ounce of Father, Son, Holy Ghost, Shepherd, Lamb, door to the sheepfold, the Zion's righteous governor, the great I Am, the all in all, the altogether lovely, the first and the last, the Alpha and the Omega. All the fullness of the Godhead, all Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Sidkenu, Jehovah Mekadesh, Jehovah Shema, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Rohi, Jehovah Rapha. All the fullness of the Godhead dwells in him bodily. Hallelujah. 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 You need to know that. You need to understand that. Hallelujah. God did it. Who did it? God did it. Hallelujah. Who redeemed me? God redeemed me. Who shed his blood? God shed his blood. Hallelujah. Who laid down his life? God laid down his life. Oh, hallelujah. Now you got to understand he was fully God. So that you know God did it. But you also need to know he was fully man. Because by man, sin came into the world. And death by sin came into the world. So since sin and death came by man, life and righteousness had to come by man. Folks, there's no way out of this. Man got himself into this. Man's got to get himself out of this. That's the law. That's the law. It is the law. And you say, well, why couldn't God just snap his fingers and reverse everything? Are you kidding me? God is not a lawbreaker. What do you think this is? Some kind of a corrupt God? You think this is just some kind of a corrupt God that just, just sweeps things under the rug and act like it didn't happen? That's not the kind of God we're talking about. That, see, that's again, that's, that's human leadership. You've seen that in the world, so you think that's how God... No, no, no. God obeys the law to the nth degree. Hallelujah. Man had to get himself out of this situation, but there was no man that could get himself out of this situation. Even man's righteousness was as filthy rags. So God, in his infinite wisdom, God who is wisdom, God who is counsel and might and the fear of the Lord, God whose ways are above our ways and his thoughts are above our thoughts, God said, I, I, I've got the plan. I will become a man. Oh, hallelujah. I will become a man and I will go through through the obstacle course that no man can get through. 
I'll jump through the hoops that no man is righteous enough to get through. I will walk the walk that no man can walk. And I'll talk the talk that no man can talk. And I'll resist the temptation that no man can resist. Oh, hallelujah. And I'll live above sin like no man can live above sin. God didn't cheat. God obeyed the law to the very end of the law. He obeyed every dotting of the I and every crossing of the T. He did not pull strings for himself. He died the death of the transgressor. He tasted death for every man. He subjected himself to the nerve endings of a human body. And he lived above sin. Sin had no access into his body. He did what none of us could do. He was tempted in all points as we are tempted. It's in, see, I'm preaching the gospel. You've got to understand this about the gospel. He didn't come down here with a Superman t-shirt on. He was tempted in all points as we are tempted. He didn't roll down in here in a Batmobile. He didn't shoot some cobwebs out of his wrist and climb from, you know, the Mount of Olives over to the, to the you know, whatever. He was a man. And he slept like a man, and he ate like a man, and he hungered like a man, and he thirsted like a man, and he felt hurt like a man, and he was wounded like a man, and he even wanted this cup to pass from him like a man. He, he, he had 33 and a half years. He got to kind of enjoying the life that he had on earth. He had friends and didn't want to leave them. He had people trying to pressure him into overtaking the Roman government and set up a, a worldly kind of kingdom but but he was he was here on a mission and you know why he didn't fall to those temptations it's not he didn't fall to those temptations simply because none of them had a lure and none of them had appeal he didn't fall to those temptations because he loved us that's why he didn't fall to those temptations he didn't fall to those temptations because he knew that if he fell to those temptations then he could not go to the cross with spotless pure precious rare blood and in order to atone the sins of all mankind he had to go to the cross with pure spotless precious rare obedient victorious blood and he went to that cross, ladies and gentlemen. I want you to understand something about this man, Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. He said, Lord, can this cup pass from me? And the Lord said, he said, he said not my will, but thy will be done. And he accepted the consequence for every sin that had ever been committed and for every sin that would ever be committed. And it pleased the Lord to bruise this natural body of the Messiah, the hope of Israel. Now, I need to remind somebody, we can't ever get away from this kind of talk. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. 
iniquities. I'm going to preach it in the name of Jesus. I said, I'm going to preach it in the name of Jesus. Because you can't preach the gospel of Jesus Christ without preaching Christ crucified. And I know some folks want to talk about prettier things. And they want to talk about things that, that have to do with practical application. And that's all fine and dandy. But this is the most practical application that was ever practically applied. Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed. He was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before her shearers is dumb. So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Because he had done no violence neither was any deceit in his mouth yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him he hath put him to grief when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin he shall see his seed he shall prolong his days and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand hallelujah the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. You know that iniquity that's in you that's going to take your soul to a devil's hell? The Lord took that iniquity and put it on the man Christ Jesus. And it pleased the Lord to bruise him. You know, you know that transgression that you've committed, that, that, that if, it's, if you have to stand in judgment over that, you'll go straight to the, 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 the lake of fire. You know what I'm talking about. That, that transgression that the devil brings up every now and then, the Lord took that transgression, laid it upon him, and it pleased the Lord to bruise him. You, you know that disobedience and that rebellion that you, that you don't think is consequential because the mercy of the Lord endureth forever, but if you were ever held to account for it, you, you wouldn't stand stand in the court of eternal judgment and you would be cast into the lake that burneth with fire along with the devil and his angels and with the false prophet and the beast. You know what I'm talking about. That stuff that the devil tries to bring up against you. I want you to know God took that off of you and laid it on the man Christ Jesus and it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Yeah. So you'll pardon me. You'll pardon me if I praise him for the rest of my days. 
You may not like it, and maybe somebody that's not even here may not like it, but I'm going to praise him for the rest of my days. And don't even ask me to baptize in somebody else's name. Don't even ask me to baptize in some formula that omits his name. It was he. He kalaboshata. It is he. It is he that was oppressed. It was he who was stricken on my behalf. It was he who was wounded and bruised and chastised. It was the man, Christ Jesus. Yeah, so, so when I repent of my sins, hallelujah. I'm repenting of my sins and I'm asking God to take the sins that are in my life and nail them to the same cross Jesus was nailed to. Lord, I can't do anything about my sins. I can't. I can't do anything about them. I did them. I committed them. They are a part of the history of my life. I have no escape from them. All I can do is say, Lord, forgive me. And I turn from the wickedness of my ways. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, he's worthy. He's worthy. You see, because he could have laughed at me when I said that. He could have mocked me when I said that. Who do you think you are? coming to me asking me to forgive you of your transgressions don't you know I'm a holy God don't you know I'm a righteous God but that's not what he said and that's not what he did he said bring every bit of sin and transgression that you have ever committed and lay it down at the foot of my cross Ah, for the mercy of the Lord endureth forever the mercy of the Lord endureth forever the Mercy of the Lord endureth forever. Hallelujah. And I can nail those things to his cross. And I give you praise, Jesus. He was taken down from that cross after he was oppressed and after he was afflicted. And after he was wounded to such a traumatic degree. And he was laid down in a borrowed tomb. This man who had done no violence. Neither was there any deceit in his mouth. He was laid down in a borrowed tomb. Can I preach the gospel of Jesus Christ? Is that all right? I preach the gospel of Jesus Christ because there is no other gospel. This is the only thing we know, and this is the only thing that saves. And don't you think you can cure this world's ills and this society's problems with any other formula? This is our faith, and this is the victory, even our faith. They laid him down in a borrowed tomb. Somebody said, Why was he a borrowed? Why was it a borrowed tomb? Why, why, why did he borrow the tomb and not? buy it he he didn't need to buy the tomb he was only going to use it for three days hallelujah you don't buy something you're only going to use for three days Jesus had some business sense he knew I'm only going to need this for three days I'm only going to borrow this but the Bible says he bought you you are not your own you are bought with a price with the precious blood of the Lamb of God Hallelujah. I want you to know that he was laid down in that borrowed tomb. Hallelujah. For three days and for three nights. Oh, glory to God. But on that great getting up morning, he rose up out of that grave. 
by the miraculous power of God the stone was rolled away they came looking for him to bring spices to his grave to preserve his body but the angel of the Lord said why seek ye the living among the dead he is not here he is risen and is alive even forevermore hallelujah I want you to know that he rose up from the grave you want to know why he rose up from the grave because there was no sin in his body there was no sin in his body there was nothing that contaminated his bloodstream he was pure through and through there was no violence done by his body and there was no deceit in his mouth and there was no fornication in the members of his body and there was no pride or envy or lust or bitterness or rebellion there was nothing of the sort in his body and the only thing that gives sin death rather jurisdiction over our natural body is sin and because there was no sin in his body he rose from the dead triumphant over death over hell and over the grave hallelujah now you know what my body is aging while I'm standing here my body is my body is on a rapid decline as we stand here my hairline has probably receded two inches since seemed like it anyway since this sermon started folks it's it's getting it's getting difficult but you hear what I'm telling you on that great getting up morning when all the saints shall rise when the roll is called up yonder every evidence of aging will cease hallelujah he's going to wipe every tear from your eye he's going to restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten that the palmer worm hath eaten that the canker worm hath eaten he's going to restore health to your body there'll be no more dying there'll be no more crying there'll be no more sighing hallelujah there'll be no more sorrow there'll be no more sickness there'll be no more pain there'll be no more shame there'll be no more crime you hear what I'm preaching to you God made a way when there seemed to be no way and it won't be it won't be because of my righteousness but it will be because I turned from my wicked ways and I was buried with him by baptism into his death and that's why I can rise to walk in newness of life hallelujah 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 it's only in Jesus Christ I don't get to go to heaven Jesus goes to heaven I go to heaven because I'm in him hallelujah don't you know don't you know you're not going to heaven without Jesus Jesus is who's going to heaven. You know, we went to, we were in London, England a few weeks ago. You know what went to London? I didn't go to London. The plane went to London. I got to London because I was in the plane. Oh, hallelujah. You better understand that's how, that's what we're doing when we're baptizing you into Jesus Christ. We're putting you on the plane.
on somebody you better get on the good old gospel ship I said you better get on the good old gospel ship all aboard all aboard this thing is going somewhere this thing is going somewhere and I can hear the master calling. I can hear the king calling, saying, come unto me, all ye that labor. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And when God fills you with the Holy Spirit, it is in you a quickening power. And if that spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, his spirit will quicken your mortal body. That's why the Bible says, except a man be born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter or see the kingdom of heaven because it is the Spirit of God in you that is a quickening power. This mortal body is going to be quickened by the Holy Ghost. Quickened by the Holy Ghost. This corruptible will put on incorruption. Oh, I feel like preaching now. And this mortal shall put on immortality. Hallelujah. You feel it every now and then. You feel it every now and then. Anybody ever had that little? Oh, oh. No, there's not a draft. That's not the air conditioning vent. Somebody mentions his name and you feel, oh. Your body is reacting. Your body is responding. It's the quickening power of the Holy Ghost inside of you. Woo! Yeah, la, la, If you're like me, if you're like me, you need help finding your car in the parking lot. Lord have mercy. When I go into the mall and come out of the mall, I don't know where I am. I parked at Dillard's. I'm walking out of Macy's. Looking for my car. I don't know where it is or where I am. But thank God somebody put in that key fob a panic button. I just start walking around Kenwood Town Center pushing the panic button. Walking past Nordstrom. Walking around Restoration Hardware. Pushing the, because I'm going to get to it at some point. I'm going to get that panic button. See, see that the manufacturer of the automobile put a sensor in the automobile. And he put a sensor in the key fob. And when the sensor of the key fob communicates with the sensor that's in the automobile, there is a reaction. 
Hallelujah. The, the, the car reacts. The horn starts honking and the lights start flashing to let me know it's time to open up and let me find you and get in you and drive you away. Can I tell you that when that trumpet sounds, I said when that trumpet sounds, there's a sensor in the trumpet that corresponds with the Holy Ghost in you. And when that trumpet sounds, there's a wireless connection. And the horn starts talking. And the mortal starts changing to immortality. And the corruptible starts changing to incorruption. And you shall be changed. Glory. You shall be changed. I want you to know that it is the Holy Ghost that does the work. It is the Holy Ghost that leads and guides into all truth. It is the Holy Ghost that comforts the afflicted. It is the Holy Ghost that brings all things whatsoever he has said unto us to our remembrance. It is the Holy Ghost that leads us and causes us to walk in his path. Folks, this is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And this is the power of God unto salvation. I want you to think about it like this. This is a blood bank. And those who come in to this blood bank have come in and they are bleeding out. They are dying. They are wounded beyond repair. And they have to have healing in their spirit. And we've got the blood bank ready. And we've got the universal blood type. You know, they've gotten better about it now. But way back in the day, we remember the horror stories of those who had blood transfusions. But the blood they received was contaminated blood. Blood that was infected. Blood that had disease in it. And it affected them in an adverse way. And nobody could have known what was happening. Let it not be said... That in the church, somebody received something that they thought was one thing but turned out to be another. There is no other gospel. The only thing we're going to give people is the precious blood of Jesus Christ. The pure blood of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something. I'll, we will all put our shoulder to the plow. We'll labor. We'll work. We'll do all we can for the kingdom of God. But our blood, sweat, and tears will not do the job. That's contaminated. But when you put the precious blood, when you put the pure gospel <laughs> in the somebody's spirit hear what I'm telling you it will fill up the empty places of their soul it will fill all the broken parts of their spirit and it will save them save them save them to the uttermost if you know what I'm talking about could you lift your hands to him right now thank God for that precious blood 
If you want, if you want, if you come into this place, we're not going to give you our opinion. We're going to give you one thing. The blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Repentance from sin. Baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. The infilling of the Holy Ghost. Speaking in other tongues. Walking in the Spirit. Walking after the Spirit and not after the flesh. No other gospel will do. There is no other gospel. And anybody who preaches another gospel, let them be accursed. There is no other gospel that can save. There is no other gospel that can heal. There is no other gospel that can deliver. Only the gospel of Jesus Christ. Oh, come on, somebody. Lift up your praises under the Lord right now. Come on, lift up your praises under the Lord right now. Glory to the Lamb of God. Blessed be His holy name. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I don't want to be accursed. Lord, I don't want to preach any other gospel than the gospel of Jesus Christ. I need somebody who's thankful for the gospel. I need you to come forward right now with thanksgiving. Hallelujah in your spirit. Thanksgiving in your spirit. Hallelujah. Come on, I want to so come on. That's it. God bless you in Jesus' name. Come on down. Woo, hallelujah. Come on down. Let the gospel touch you again. Let the blood of Jesus flow through you again. Hallelujah. Let the blood of Jesus Christ flow through your spirit again. Hallelujah. Let the word of God undergird you again and overshadow you again. Let the power, let the power, let the power of God touch you right now. Hallelujah. I want you to bring your biggest need to God, your greatest need. Bring it to God right now because he's going to do a work in your life. And he's going to do it through the power of the gospel. Woo, hallelujah. Look at this. God's getting ready to do something. God's getting ready to do something. God's getting ready to do something. Hallelujah. I want you to know we can save to the uttermost. He can save to the uttermost. Come on, bring your praise to him right now. Bring your praise to him right now. Bring your praise. Bring your praise. Bring your praise. Come on, somebody. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Give him praise right now. Give him praise right now. Hallelujah to the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, it's the blood that gives me strength from day, from day to day. Mountain. And it flows. And it flows. 